The Up With The Bonnets podcast is brought to you by Hilltown Electrical. Hilltown Electrical deals with both domestic and commercial jobs. You can find them on Facebook or by contacting them on 07793 847 390. Coming up on this week's special edition of the Up With The Bonnets podcast, we welcome a player that has exploded onto the scene at Dens Park, as well as setting up and scoring vital goals last season. He helped Dundee clinch the championship, and at the Player of the Year dinner at the end of the season, he swept up all the awards. He became the first Dundee player ever to win the Player of the Year, the Young Player of the Year, and the Players Player of the Year. That's right, with us this week is Lyle Cameron. Pleasure to have you on, and uh, even more so a, a present Dundee player. Because normally all we do is interview ex Dundee players, so it's uh, an absolute pleasure to have you come on. Yeah, no worries. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Well, um, we'll fire right in with the questions. High school that you would have went to would have been St John's because it was the SFA Performance Centre. Um, I believe that Dundee United were involved at one point. Um, were they still involved when you were there? Um, actually, when I went, it was the total SFA performance, so it wasn't United's like school. Mm-hmm. So it was just I. Well, when I went to school, I was actually at United as a young like at youth academy, and then I left United in maybe first year, or second year, and joined Dundee. But I actually left the SFA academy as well when I was I think fourteen or thirteen or fourteen. So maybe I no maybe older when I was fourth year. So. What I actually done was I went two days full time with Dundee, and then three days at school. So like I, I was in with Jimmy Boyle. I can't remember who was the manager at the time. Jimmy Boyle was the head of youth, so I was training with under twenties or something two days a week. So it kind of like got me into full time football even at the age of like fourteen. So it was good. Yeah, how how does that work out then for uh, a player so young? You know, they're at school but signing up for a team and uh, also doing all the the, the training and. I believe you you've done a lot of it at the St John's. Um, so when you signed for like when United and then also Dundee, how yeah, was your like daily it, routine? Well, to be fair, I was meant to go to Monifit High School, which is actually further away than St John's. So that quite that worked out quite well for me going to a closer school. And then on Monday, I think it was Monday Tuesdays, I went to school as normal, just did the normal whatever like classes. And then on Wednesday. Um, I'd go straight to Dens at the time, would report to Dens, and I'd train with under-20s with Jimmy Boyle and all the players that were there at the time. And then Thursdays, I'd go to school, and then Fridays, I'd train full-time again. So I was quite lucky, to be honest, because I only did three days at school, so it kind of split it up. The main part about it was when I managed to balance school and football, which uh, was kind of a test for the school, and thankfully I did, so it was okay. Yeah, because there's that thing that you, you hear a lot of uh, young players that maybe sign for a team and then the, maybe their work doesn't go in as much as it does to the football side, to the maybe academic side. So I take it as this trying to divvy that up. Um, so that must have been like quite hard for yourself because uh, you do hear kind of horror stories about players maybe uh, not, not giving it at all on the academic side and, and then failing to make it. So is it just a case of head down and uh, just work as hard at both uh, both sides as much as possible? Yeah, yeah definitely. I actually found it really beneficial for me in, in high school is when I started to get a lot better academically and I think that was because of football as well. I don't know how they kind of just improved together. So for me personally, I know it was really beneficial for me because although I did have to work quite a bit harder because I was missing two days of school more than everyone else. And like that was doing higher levels as well and doing my exams and stuff. So it wasn't easy. I wouldn't say it's for everyone, but thankfully it worked out for me. So, And then but, since then, actually, I picked up a part-time uni course. So I do that as well now when I come home from school. I come home from football, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like school. You're learning all the time on the pitch, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I take it you were only one of these boys that um, you sign for the team and you just uh, start swanning around the school with your Louis Vuitton <laughs> wash bag. <laughs> no, not at all. No, that's, that's not me. I was still head down in school. Don't <laughs> just get my work done. But also the, 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 the football side, um, there was a lot of players that 
people might know that I take it they were your age or around your age group or that have came through the same uh, uh, you know the, the the SFA performance school like yourself like Max Anderson uh, Finlay Robertson is it Archie Mikison Ross Graham and uh, Chris uh, Mockery I think plus loads there are loads of people who went to that school who still play football professionally you could say and I remember one of my favourite memories of actually being a footballer is playing for my school team. We played at Hamden in the Scottish Cup final when we won 3-2 and then I scored the third goal. So that's probably still, despite the goals I've scored, still debatably probably my favourite goal I've ever scored, which sounds mad because obviously I scored the goal that almost got us promoted. Well, like contributed towards getting us promoted. And But this goal for the school, I don't know, it was just special. It's just like a nostalgic feeling for me. I don't know why, it just... Probably because it was all your mates there and stuff. That was just such a good time. That's still probably one of my favourite ever goals. I, uh, I actually looked at that game as I was uh, uh, just looking for, for questions for yourself and I noticed that at the 80th minute it was 1-0 and I think the team were from Falkirk. So yeah. in the last 10 minutes, I just flurry of goals and uh, I did notice that you uh, managed to bag the winner and all the glory. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what it felt like. And probably what I probably... Well, I scored in every game leading up to the final so you can see I did deserve scoring in the final but in the actual final I had a rubbish game I just scored a good well not a good goal scored an alright goal that won it so like you see I did kind of take all the glory but I still everyone enjoyed it just as much because we won in the end the thing is any winning goal is never just going to be an alright goal it's always going to be a, a brilliant goal that wins a game exactly it doesn't matter how to tap in a 30 yard it'll come the same day that's it um, also you mentioned that you were signed with uh Dundee United and then you've made the move to, to Dundee so uh, obviously as a youth player it's a, a low-key move I take it your players swap sides all the time um, but what what was your reasoning for, for joining the, the Dundee uh, youth setup? Well when I was at United it was I was playing here and there but I wasn't really getting too much game time and I was playing what I thought was out of position I just wasn't really enjoying it and at that age I can't remember what I would have been maybe 14 or something it's all about enjoying football so like, there's no point in enjoying football that age because I'm never going to enjoy it. So I figured it still it still wasn't an easy decision to make. It felt like a huge decision at the time. Like I didn't know I'd leave United, which at the time were probably the bigger academy. They probably had the better setup. They were in the higher A league or whatever it was. So it was a step down because you went from playing Celtic Rangers and Dundee were only playing like Morton and all like lower teams. So it wasn't as good of a league, but I thought I could play more. So. I decided to make the change and I got put with two coaches, Tony and Steve Murray at first. Um, and they just changed everything for me. They made me totally love football again. Like I owe everything to them, like everything I've done so far, just because they made me love football again. And it's just such a simple thing and something that if it never happened, who knows what I'd have been doing just now. But they were just so good for me. So gotta thank them. Yeah, because I think it was fourteen, you were fourteen when you made the move. And yeah, um, I, we've managed to speak to a few people that, that know you, so I was able to get that uh, clarified. <laughs> and uh, you, you signed professional, I take it, it was your 16th birthday? Well, I actually signed before, but that's when technically. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it actually started, yeah. So my 16th birthday, yeah, so. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you'll be uh, claiming a testimonial like, Tommy <laughs> Kersen, uh, the one he's been putting right. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously uh, you've you've been playing in the the youth team and you've 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 managed to find yourself into the first team. It was the end of season 2018-19 and it was last home well last game of the season, it was at home against St. Man. Dundee were also relegated. And Darno Day, it was his last game, he basically done a Zidane Zidane and on his last moment on the pitch he's been sent off um, but I think after the game James McPaik mentioned that you would have been in line to come on and make your debut uh, was that something that was known to you because it was basically enough a game for us was you told prior that you would be getting on I was well I was actually told prior to be getting on if no one got sent off <laughs> <laughs> so honestly it was kind of the night before and obviously I was still at school, at high school at the time, so it was kind of a big thing. And then I got told the night before, you'll be getting on unless anything goes wrong, like a red card or anything. So uh, I kind of, it was quite early. I think it was the first half. Yeah. He made his debut as well. He switched the ball over to Daz and he took a ropey touch and took the boy out. And 
remember it's almost as if it was in slow motion the referee pulls out the red card and I just look at it and think oh no that's me not getting on so kind of from early on in the game I kind of knew that my chances were done because I've clarified before that was what was going to happen <laughs> Did you have a lot of family and uh, friends up at Dens yeah. to see how <laughs> Yeah and they all knew the story as well they all knew if I was getting on it was because if no one was getting sent off so they all knew as well Oh, nightmare. Did uh, uh, did, did you speak to Darren afterwards or maybe you were too scared to? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was playing with region for a while, but I wouldn't have let him know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, especially after I'm getting sent off. That's the last thing you'd be wanting to do. Um, but honestly, you never had to wait too long on your debut because it came the season after, on the first game of that season, it was away to Race Rovers at Starks Park and you came on with 10 minutes to go. I think Dundee were 3 all up and you replaced Andrew Nelson. So I take it, was this another one that you knew you were potentially going to come on? I actually can't remember if I knew. I don't think I knew I was coming on that day. Um, I can't remember for sure, but I don't think I was promised to come on. I was obviously hoping to because we were thinning up. So like, you kind of not expect to get on because I was still a young boy, but I was hoping to get on. Still nervous though at the time. So mm-hmm. thinking on, like never played in front of this many people before that. So I was still nervous at the time, but... I think it was alright. It was ten minutes. Of it. I think I did okay when I went on, but nothing much really happened. But you, you contributed to a game that a winning game. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've always tried to myself. Me, that I would never make a footballer uh, myself. <laughs> uh, from a sense, I used to play for Dungeon at your social. So um, you know, uh, under eighteens was the the ceiling for me. That was after <laughs> that there was nothing. Um, but I could only imagine what like a, a player like yourself. Uh, especially so young, standing on the touchline, waiting to come on to make your debut. And like you say, in a crowd that's anything bigger than you've played in. Uh, I mean, you've mentioned it's nerve-wracking, but is there any other feelings you've got? Is it just don't make a mistake? Don't uh, Make sure you pass the ball to a Dundee player? Um, I wouldn't say so much in that game. That kind of came more when I was having my first start. I think that's when I was really nervous. I don't know if we'll get to that later. If you don't ask me any questions about that later, so I'll keep that story for when we get to it. But not so much in that game. But yeah, no, that one was all right because it was only 10 minutes and we're thinning up. So I knew I just had to kind of coast through it. And I think I had a chance to score at one point. I can't remember. I think I did, but I didn't shoot and I should have. So I was beating myself up for it. But uh, yeah, no, that one was okay. Well, you certainly made up for that later on down the line. Um, but you mentioned your first team start. Uh, uh, obviously that was a way to Dunfermline and probably never got off to the best of start at half time we were 2-0 down and you were hooked after oh, well. 45 minutes uh-huh. I mean it, it just seemed, it, the whole team just pl- played badly that first half um, but for yourself as well being first team start and for the performance like you say it was a whole performance from the whole team but you must have been so deflated having to come off at half-time? Oh, I was... Well, actually, that was the same. I was meant to start against Air at home for my first start. I can't remember. that. My, it was two weeks before, so we meant to play Air at home two weeks before, and I got rained off. Um, that's just my luck, obviously. It's been rained off. My first meant to be my first start, so that never happened. And then we played Motherwell at home in the Cup the week after, so he said he wanted to change it just because it's Premier League Club, whatever. I was like, all right, okay. So then came to the Dunfermline game and it was a Friday night on the TV. So the night before I was like, I was so so nervous. I never felt anything like it. I, like, I was cutting my tea and my hands were shaking and like, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I was so nervous. And I don't know why, I don't know. Maybe because it was just like, East End Park is quite a big stadium and it's obviously my first game. It was on the TV. It was a big game. Um, I just had an absolute nightmare. Like I've still to this day, I've, <clears throat> I've never watched the game back. I probably never will because I think it's it had yeah it probably was the worst game of my life. I don't even I the kind of it was all just a blur. Like I was given the ball away and then I can't even remember what happened. I just lo- there was no confidence. I just lost all my confidence and then went one 0 down. And then the second goal, Nesbit, given Nesbit took me off, took it off me the halfway line, run up, cut in, and scored an absolute worldy. And I thought, oh no, yes, I literally it's probably one of the worst feelings of my life. I just want the grim to swallow me up. And it was so bad. And then obviously I went in at halftime and he said he was taking me off. And I couldn't even complain because I had a nightmare. But <laughs> at the time, I was still devastated. So it took me a while to recover, to be fair, confidence-wise. And I was so upset. I was, oh, it was, it was a disaster. 
I didn't even want to show face. I didn't want to go out and Dundee, like, not even just to go out, but, like, go out of the house. Like, I was just so devastated because I knew what I was capable of and I knew I'd never shown it. And I was thinking, what if I don't get that opportunity again? So it was just such a bad night. But I still am thankful for it at the end of the day because mistakes are where you learn and stuff. So that was big for me, like, at the time it was a disaster. I think it was probably another two years maybe since I played for Dundee again. If you think of it, that's a long time to have that playing on your mind. So it wasn't great, but I'm I'm glad I'm not I'm glad it happened because you learn from it. I remember when yeah you got announced that you were playing, and there was there was excitement within the Dundee support because everybody heard good things about you, and yeah. uh, people that had like on internet forums as well, people that had seen you play, people that go to to the the youth games or and the reserve games. Or whatever it's youth games, isn't it? Um, so they'd seen you play, but I always remember some a few people as soon as the scene, the lineup were kind of like easy to position, easy to position. Yeah, well, um, yeah. yeah, so um, a, a lot of fans, oh, most of the fans actually, not even most, everyone that I spoke to, uh, all all had sympathy for for yourself because they were like, he's been played at position, been put into a, a game against Dunfermline. But I think I was all glad to play, so I can't complain about that, but. Yeah. <laughs> it all worked out in the end for you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> but you, you mentioned uh, it was a few seasons before you, you played again in uh, Dark Blue. Um, but you went off on a few loan spells uh, twice with Peter Head. Um, take it. Uh, and also at Montrose as well at one point. I take it these, these loan spells probably helped banish the demons of the the Dunfermline game by, you know, getting on the pitch and just playing. Uh, how, how would you have rated your loan spells, uh, especially to Peterhead? It's a difficult one because the Peterhead loan kind of came as a big surprise. And I think it was only, I think I only played maybe nine or ten times for Peterhead the first time I went. So I went up and I, COVID, I think, ended the season. Or I can't remember if I went up, it was at the, end of the season because of COVID but it was during COVID anyway so I went to Peterhead and kind of started playing and that was my first taste of first team football like weekend week out regular first team football so it was such a good feeling because the difference of playing in a youth game and a first team game is massive and not like at the time there was no fans in it was only up at Peterhead but you just feel like the games you're playing actually mean something so it was just such a big change so I loved my first time at Peterhead and then the season ended or whatever COVID or something so then Came back. I've been obviously still training with Dundee because I'm still full time with Dundee. So the second time I went, it was the start of the season, start of the next season. Peter Head, this was the first time the fans were getting back in and stuff. Peter Head wanted me back. So I went up and I had a great first two games. We played Cove and Hearts in the cup. I scored against Cove, got man of the match against Hearts, and then had an absolute shocker against Alloa, the first league game of the season. And then since then, I never really played. I kind of, he kind of bombed me out, and it was just really bad because it was I was stuck in between not playing it. So traveling up to Peterhead is what two hours away. So I was traveling up to Peterhead to not play, and I knew I should have been playing. Like that was the frustrating part. Like I like wasn't getting a game. So when you're that, you know, I was maybe eighteen at the time, thinking like I'm not getting a game for Peterhead. Like where am I going to go from here? So. I was stuck in between not getting a game for Peterhead, travelling up there and training with Dundee. And then at the time at Dundee, they had such a big squad. They were in the Premier League, so they weren't going through a good time either. So I wasn't even getting to train with the first team. So I was travelling up to Peterhead, two hours, training, doing running at the side of the pitch at Dens, which is just like that messes your head up because no one wants to be doing that. It just feels like you're a waste of space and you're not meant to be there. So that was horrible. And then it came to... The point Peterhead said they didn't want me to go up anymore. But then Dundee didn't want to recall me. I, I won't go into details because it's so bad. But So I was stuck in between Dundee and Peterhead and I had nowhere to go. So on Saturdays, I remember going to the golf range one day on my own. And the guy goes, you got nothing better to be doing. And I just think, wow, that's a slap right in the bus. Like, no, I actually don't have anything better to be doing. So that got me right in a bad mood. I thought, where'd I go from here? So it was a while and then... So Peterhead kind of ended on a summer note, to be honest. So I don't, I don't think I get on at Peterhead for much anymore. So yeah, it's enough said about them. And then 
it was a while, nothing was really happening. It was months and months where I was just running with Dens at Dundee, not playing games at the weekend, not in any squads at the weekend. And then we played a friendly against Montrose for the Dundee reserves. And I had a really, I had a really good game. And at this time, Montrose were, I think, third in the League One and Peterhead were the bottom of League One. So Montrose phoned me up, like, look, I want you to come on loan. There's 14 games left in the season or something. So we're pushing for playoffs. Do you want to come? So I was kind of inside of thinking, look, will I play? I couldn't play for the bottom team in that league. So how could I play for one of the top ones? Um, so anyway, I went and they just filled me with so much confidence. They played me in my position in the midfield. The, the, the group of guys were kind of older group of guys than what Pierhead was, so more experienced and friendlier. There was much better, to be honest with you. I just liked them a lot more. And the manager, the assistants, the coaching staff were just brilliant. They're just such a good community up at Montrose. And I really enjoyed it. So that's where I kind of got my confidence back. I had a really good season. We ended up getting playoffs where we played Airdrie to get promoted to the championship, which is a bit mad, Montrose to the championship. So anyway, we were 1-0 up in the first game. We went away. We were 3-0 up on Agri and ended up getting beat 6-4. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a whirlwind end to the season. So that was the season ended. And that took me up to the first year of actually getting running around Dundee's first team. So in short, Peterhead ended on a very sour note and I'm, I'm not had much more to say about that and I love Montrose. So <laughs> that's my summary, my summary of loan spells. But I think most people who look at it from the outside think it's kind of the other way around, but no, it's certainly not. <laughs> Aye, because I was going to say that when, you, when you're looking and reading articles, you see, I think Jim McNally uh, spoke about yourself and... Josh Mulligan and there was a few other players that he had on loan from other teams and and he basically was saying like these boys will make it like go to the top and then Montrose was another one uh, Sean Dillon spoke really highly highly of you in an interview with the Courier I think it was with George Cran basically saying you will go far in in your career um, but it just seems to what you're saying that Montrose just rekindled the the passion, I guess, in the football side. And uh, I believe the the manager would have been Stuart Petrie at the time. And Montrose, the, the past few seasons, maybe past three, four, five, they have been at heights that some people might say they're punching. But it just seems like they've got, like you've mentioned, a good close knit community, team management, everything. So. Like you say, it was that was probably the ideal place for you to go to after uh, maybe disappointment at Dunfermline, and as you just said, disappointment after Peterhead. Yeah, no, it was really good for me, Montrose. I really enjoyed it, and I can't thank the group of people enough. I went to a testimony recently and seen all the players again, so it was good. I really like that. Really like the club. Yeah, was that the Paul Watson testimonial? Yeah, yeah, so, it was just last weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually, a, he was in the, an old school friend of mine. He was in my year. Yeah, he was always one that was going to be a footballer. Flashy, yeah. good, flashy, good looking. He had it all. <laughs> Still well, as we say, he's, he's no lost, uh, maybe lost a couple of bits of pace, but he's no lost the looks. <laughs> so after that, it's um, back to Dundee and uh, it's the 2022-23 season. It's a, a big one. Well, we didn't know at the time it was going to be as big as that. And probably yourself, you probably didn't realise it was going to be a bigger season for you. It's ended up being your breakthrough season. You've been the main man in the team. Did you expect to play a biggest part in the Gary Boyer's team at the start of the season as you did? Mm, well, no, to be honest, not at all. It was, this is another one he told me the first well even well let's go with that like the start of pre-season I was I wasn't really getting much of a game in the pre-season games I think I came on at right back a couple of times in pre-season which as you know I'm not a right back but <laughs> I actually did quite well in the game so I enjoyed them and then we played Hamilton on the first game of the season and uh, I came on he told me the day before he looked you'll get on so then I can't remember what the score was and then anyway I came on and scored so I scored on the first day of the season which was always good it's always good to get off to that start and then just, I think I scored again the week after. I scored like two, I scored against Forfar as well. So obviously I got off to a good start. So I was thinking, oh, look, here we'll go. I might get a run of games, but it still did actually take me quite a while to get a proper start. Yeah, uh, I remember the, the first game. It's, it seemed to be 
because we absolutely annihilated Hamilton in that game. It was all done D. It should have been more than 3-0. And I think you had one or two chances just before you scored. And it was yeah. almost like the fans were just willing for you to score. And even the players, it just seems like they were trying yeah. to get that opportunity for you to to, to set you up. Um, you know, hitting the back of the net. That must have been a great feeling, especially it'd be your first senior goal for, for Dundee. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually it was kind of more relief actually because I had so many well not so many chances but I probably should have scored just before it the goalie made a good save for me so it was actually a kind of a relief feeling and I was like oh finally I've scored my first goal so I just hope I can keep scoring more so after the Hamilton game you uh, found yourself uh, back in the starting lineup after obviously the the Duffelma game you don't want to speak about. Um, I was back in the starting lineup for Dundee and it was against Falkirk in the League Cup at home. And um, you actually managed to get on the score sheet as well. He opened the score to make it 1-0 just after half-time. Uh, a great feeling. Did that kind of, whatever thoughts that you had at the Duffelma game, were they just like put aside after that? Yeah, it's mad because it was so many, well, three years later or something, but I still had the thoughts of that was the last time I'd actually started a game for Dundee was the Dunfermline game. So I still was nervous, but obviously we got into the game and in my first three or four passes, I gave the ball away. So I was thinking, oh no, here we go again. And then I started putting some good passes together, some good runs and stuff, and then had a good first half. And then early on in the second half, we kind of battered them the whole game. And early on in the second half, I scored the first goal. So that was a lot of relief there and I was thinking of oh, like I've scored my goal I've had a good game so that's a good start and then I got my first man of the match that night as well which was obviously a big thing at the time so that was just a really good night for me and my family because it was kind of out of the way my first man of the match my first proper start and first goal so it was good yeah even better that the family friends all the other witness it um, and obviously Dundee fans are watching it as well and because of your uh, previous couple of appearances for us in goals, it was it's the the hype then started to 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 go with uh, the Dundee support. I don't know if you would notice that yourself. Because um, obviously we've got a lot of youngsters coming through the team at this point. You've also got Max Anderson, Josh Mulligan, and there's yourself making starting to make a name. And Dundee fans are starting to get excited about the prospects. Is this something that you were aware of? Uh, yeah, I was aware of it because you can't even just know, but. At the same time, like, I don't use social media like Twitter or Facebook. I don't use them because of the backlash of the Dunfermline game. I got absolutely abused. So I thought, no, nah, that's it. I deleted them then, like that weekend or something. I've never read them, loaded them. So Twitter and Facebook, people always say, oh, do you see this? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't see it. So I don't, hopefully don't ignore anyone on purpose, but I just don't look at that kind of stuff because I know how quick things can change. You have a couple of bad games and like that, the fans they can switch on you. So... I don't. I tend to never get too high or too low, so I never look when things are going well, just because I won't look when things are going bad. So I don't really need like my ego or that inflated or stuff when things are going well because I know how quick things can change. It's quite refreshing to hear somebody as young as yourself, like not interested in social media. I know the reason why you're, you're saying, but it's uh, some players. Um, obviously, we're speaking about down south and you know making mega bucks just can't keep off social media but when it does go wrong they fully know well it's going wrong because of the fans yeah. so if it, for somebody as young as yourself to um, not want to go on social media that uh, must be quite refreshing as well because social media could just be an absolute thunderdome like Mad Max sometimes um, especially if you know one defeat that's it there's uproar there's like there's the worst thing ever the world the world is ending you know <laughs> yeah the, the, my family still sometimes say things back to me about people are saying I'm like, I can't do anything about it people everyone has to have their opinion but I just think like, like I mean, that's exactly why I don't use it and that's why you shouldn't because even last year if I was doing a really good season I'd do one bad thing and I'd be getting abused so as what it is there's always going to be the people so you just need to get on with it <laughs> fickle fans that's what it is Mm-hmm. But just like I just like to tell you that on this podcast, I don't think you've been bad enough once. Uh, uh, me and Paul have certainly got a, a loving for you. That's it. Yeah. Grossly <laughs> <laughs> last season, uh, altogether, it was 38 appearances for yourself, 14 goals, countless man of the match awards, championship winners medal. And to add to the mixer, you become the first player ever for Dundee to win the Young Player of the Year award, the Players' Player of the Year, and the big one. The player of the year. 
I mean, how did that feel on that night? Well, also, we can go back to winning the championship and everything else, but actually on that night of the Player of the Year award, how did it feel hearing your name getting called out all them times and collecting award after award and also collecting the awards that probably mean the most, um, the, the, the ones that I've just, the three that I just described there? Uh, it was obviously amazing. Um, I never really get, like I said, too high or too low, so it wasn't like, wow, this is the best thing ever, this is it, I've completed everything. Like I always think I just want to push on and do more, so as good as it was, I never really let it affect me too much. I was like, I'm not glad, obviously, we won the league or the awards, would literally would have meant nothing. If we got beat that night and I'd won all them, like, who cares? But thankfully, because we won the league, it made it slightly better, and obviously it was good to be the first person ever to win them all. And But at the start of the season, I can't say, I hoped for a good season but I never expected it to be that good to win all the things and anyway I never really what I feel is I never really started playing properly in the team until January till the St Mirren game I'd say was kind of the turning point when obviously French unfortunately broke his leg and then I came on just before half time and had a good game that week and I think I probably played almost every game after that that was the first time the manager really trusted playing me in the midfield because before I was kind of on the wings and I was doing okay, but I wasn't really, I still knew, like I still kept wanting to play in the middle and I knew that was my my best position. So until January, I wouldn't really say I played the full part in the league. And then obviously after that, I just did well, you could say. Exceptionally well, especially because like you said, you never really started playing until halfway through the season and you mm-hmm. still managed to sweep up these awards and you'll notice yourself the the some of the goals you scored, the way the fans cheer you and everything, I think every single one appreciated yourself, uh, just the performances you were putting in. And this is another thing, the performances, and you're coming up against seasoned pros who, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, possibly tower over you at points in midfield and it's it's going to be like a battle. Do you have, um, how do you prepare yourself to coming into a midfield battle with players that maybe play for like 15 years and they might, their way of playing is just like, see this young boy here, let's boot him in the air. <laughs> uh, I think I did get a few of them last season in the championship, a few boys wanted to kick me, but it was kind of, I don't know, I was obviously I just kind of came new onto the scene, so every week you play a team I hadn't really played against before, so they didn't really know what to expect of me, I didn't know what to expect with them, but there's a few games obviously, like obviously I had a good season, but there's a few games that weren't pretty. There's a few just kick it and lump it. Obviously, you'll remember the state of the pitch Dens got last year. So even then, you couldn't really play great football on it. So although I was doing well, I still know I can perform better. So that's just what I'm kind of looking to do this year. But the same about the boys towering over me. It's, I've had it all my life. Like It's always going to be that way. I'm small, that's the way it is. So I just yeah. need to try and what I have and that benefits me, my advantages really, and use them against them. Did you, when you were picking up the awards on the player of the year, do afterwards, did you get ID'd at the bar? Thankfully, I don't drink, so I didn't go near the bar. So I didn't get ID'd, but we went out after it and I got ID'd then. So <laughs> it's like I'm speaking to a model pro here. You're, you don't want social media, you don't drink. It's a, it's a... <laughs> uh, obviously, that there could be plenty of uh, moments to pick from that season, but if you, what would be the you feel was the best uh, performance from yourself, um, obviously from probably January onwards and maybe the most satisfying goal as well that you scored last season? See, probably my best performance, I thought was probably the Wraith Rovers game in the Cup. I scored I scored two in the first half and I was just passing the ball out really well. I just, I just thought I had a really good game that night. So... And then we ended up getting beat 3-2. No, we never. We got to be on penalties, actually. Yeah, we got to be on penalties. So I thought that was probably one of my best performances overall, as in getting the ball from our goalie even and driving forward and passing the ball and scoring. So I think that was probably my best performance. But my favourite game was probably the hat-trick against Hamilton. That was probably one of my favourites, obviously. It's my first professional hat-trick. I had a slight feeling that I would be serious. I told my auntie that day that I was going to score a hat-trick. I just had a feeling... Because I was, I should have scored a hat trick against them earlier in the season away to Hamilton when I only scored one. I had so many chances. So that day she phoned me, "How you feel?" I said, oh, yeah, I feel good. I think I'm going to score a hat trick today, and that was it. And then 
obviously I went and scored a hat trick. So that was a good one. Then the most satisfying goal had to be the one against Queen's Park, the one that ultimately didn't win us the league because Luke scored after it, but was big in winning the league and that performance as well. Obviously I scored and had two assists that night. So I was pretty influential. So that was good to do in a big game. Obviously it was frustrating that what happened with the fans and stuff. It wasn't as didn't appear as big of a game as it actually was. Yeah, that was that was just a great night. And I wouldn't yeah. change it for the way it went. It was just metal, but it was just it was just such a good way it ended. Yeah, we've said that on the podcast loads of times. You know, as any fan of a football club, you want to win that league early doors. You want to be the last few games, uh, basically feet up, cigars out, you know. Um, <laughs> but that game, you know, it, it didn't matter. It was the last game. It was a winner takes all. It was just a fantastic game of football and uh, had everything, you know. Like, who would have thought eight goals? Uh, I know. And like, I'll say, um, they got a goal. They put the boy Charlie Fox got a goal of the season with an absolute rasper of a goal. I mean, you I know. know, as soon as I went, I thought this game's just going to be like mental, and it turned out yeah. it was. And like you said, yeah. there could have been more fans, Dundee fans there, where I was standing behind the goal. There was big, huge gaps at the side. There was, yeah, I think it was just a ploy from the the owners of the of Queens Park, maybe just to keep the away fans from outnumbering the home fans, which is understandable. But it could have been a, yeah. a, a bigger occasion fans wise but yeah, um, yeah. What, what a final game of the season I know like he couldn't ask for much more like even in the game though I always felt we were still going to win it even though I think we went two and down but I always kind of started just feeling that we were still going to win so I was never really too flustered it just just worked out perfectly yeah and like your your goal kind of Luke, Luke McEwen he got the fifth goal obviously but you know he's it's kind of a consolation yours really got us <laughs> in front to win the league so we'll go with nah. that one no, no, still, it was it was nice to have a wee bit of comfort finally because we took a while to get the comfort goal. I think we was one a lot for Arnold, just one goal up for quite a while. So, but we only needed to draw as well technically, didn't we? So yeah, we had the cushion. But done it for the t the cameras were there, TV cameras. Yeah, we're excited cameras. for the, the viewers. We know the deep sea Scotland that year, so we thought we'd have a good one. Yeah, that's it. Um, obviously, your your time that season with Dundee seniors self getting called up to the Scotland under 21 and you got two caps you've got two caps so far I think um, you've not been on the losing end either I think it's a draw and a win uh, how does a call up happen you know is it just a phone call to the manager the manager speaks to you or do you actually get phoned up from the under 21 like a secretary or something well actually I just found out on Instagram I found out at lunch no way you told me I think it was my sister and my girlfriend. One of them told me, oh, oh well done in that. I was like, what for? Like, oh, you got in the 21 squad. I was like, oh, did I? <laughs> I didn't even know. Um, I actually, it turned out I had an email from a couple of days before from the secretary of Scotland to say that I'd been called up, but I hadn't seen it. So I should have known, but I never. So technically, I'd just seen it on, seen it on Instagram one day and I'm still on Instagram. <laughs> and were you being... No social media. You've had to count on the, the missus or the family to yeah, rely exactly. that information. I, I, never, I never had a clue. <laughs> I think um, at the same time, I think uh, Mulligan was called up. I think he may have been called up with you at one point. So was it good to be going in with uh, a familiar face? Yeah, there was a few guys I know. I, um, I know about Ryan Duncan, who's at Aberdeen. He was up at Peterhead when I was there. And then Lewis Nielsen. I've known Lewis all my life. He just lived up the road from me. He went to my primary school. Obviously, he's at Hearts, well, part of Thistle alone now. So there's a few guys I knew. So I was quite comfortable going in. Do you get a nice uh, holiday? Yeah. <laughs> um, do you get like a do you get like a, wee, a little cup? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I haven't got a wee cup. Nah, I don't know. If you... I don't know. I don't know. No, I've not got one. So I've always wondered <laughs> if that counts for under twenty one games and uh, or just fuel cups. Um, I think it's just, I'm not sure to be fair but I've not got one so it must just be full caps you can always get one made on eBay yeah <laughs> <laughs> or just so, get a first uh, exactly yeah just go and get yourself a first team cup um, that's the easy way <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know it's uh, we've won the league call up to Scotland you've won all these awards how was your summer or was it just back to training on the grind or did you take a little bit of time out after that well, to be fair, I was, I was out of contract at the end of the season. So the start of my summer was getting sorted out for a contract. 
which was pretty stressful. Be totally for, for us as well, to be honest. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so that was stressful. So when that got sorted out, I think I flew on holiday the day after I signed it. So I went on holiday for 10 days or whatever. And then I got back. And then the Scotland camp was the week after. I kind of had to get straight back into some fitness. And then it was the Scotland camp and then back training. So I had a holiday for a bit, just relax. I didn't do any running, no nothing, just relaxed for 10 days while I was on holiday and then got back, did a bit of running in the gym and stuff and went on that camp with Scotland and Spain. So it was good, actually. Nah, no rest for the wicked, mate. No rest for the yeah, wicked. Exactly. exactly. Obviously, we're back now. We're in the Premiership. Uh, all the fans are excited about this season. There's uh, the manager. We're all excited about uh, Tony Dockett as well. He's made some uh, good signings and um, there's one thing that he speaks about um, quite quite a lot actually in these uh, interviews especially on the, the run up to the start of the season it was all about uh, the m- mentality and work ethic um, being part a major part of the team so what kind of changes have you seen in the squad uh, like regarding these kind of attributes since Tony's came uh, through the door um, I just I'm, I'm looking forward to this year obviously Training's good. The atmosphere around the training ground is good. We've got a great group of boys who all got on really well, and there's been good additions like boys on loan or more experienced boys coming in. So it's been good. So yeah, the, the Motherwell one was it was a good introduction for a lot of boys for the Premiership, purely because you know the come the ninetieth minute felt like we should have had the win. But yourself, you it, it seemed like. You took a while to get going, and in the second half, you you really hit the ground running, and um, it just seemed to be like Motherwell when we just gang up the players on you, the the picking up danger men, but then you managed to be start finding space, started coming into your game, playing excellent, Luke McCowan as well, but then Luke McCowan setting you up first uh, Premiership goal for yourself, uh, header at the back post, uh, another surely another great moment uh, so far in your career to be uh, scoring in the top flight. Yeah, it was good. Um, we kind of identified it in the first half. Looked put a few balls to the back post and no one was there for them. So at that point, McGabby was kind of picking me up and I kind of went to the front post and he went and then he switched off a wee bit and I peeled to the back and just nodded an easy enough header. But I think everyone was pretty shocked to sort of see that I'd scored a header. I think I was kind of <laughs> like, oh, you scored a header and all this. But if you put in the right positions, you can score headers no matter what height you are. It just is a bit more difficult right enough, but... Yeah, so no, I was happy obviously to score on my first game because I didn't have a great game. The conditions were shocking right enough. It wasn't easy to play in that. I was most mental rain I've ever played in, but the conditions weren't easy. Didn't have a great game, but scored a good goal and then we should have went on to win. So it was okay. I was doing the commentary for DTV and it's in the main stand. So you know what the, the view's like, the best of times in the main stand. And yeah. uh, even the, the, other, the, the main commentator was like... Uh, like Lyle Cameron at the back post with a header and I'm like covering my mic going you sure? you sure it's a header? <laughs> like, I just uh, a lot of fans have got a good feeling about this season and especially yeah. with the mixture of like yourself uh, and Mulligan uh, you know playing getting minutes in the Premiership and we've got some you mentioned they're older heads and you've got Trevor Carson came in and, and the goal now he's uh, a lot of national experience and also you've got the mixture of uh, two Mexicans who bring the, mm-hmm. the continental uh, flow to Dundee yeah. yeah it just seems like a, a good group of players and I, I just take it like it's it's been another like major reshuffle for Dundee but everybody's just uh, seems like everybody's kind of clicked yeah it's a really good group we've got so hopefully we can just keep improving getting better together and then put the results out on the pitch so we start winning games and obviously when you win games everything's good so <laughs> As long as we can do that, we'll be fine. That's it. Um, so we'll kind of move away from speaking about the, what's happened so far in your career and we'll go to some questions that uh, my co-host Paul Gray had uh, typed up, but his uh, internet has decided to play up, so he's not made it this afternoon. Um, but he's got a, a good few. Uh, so um, is there any player in particular that you've kind of modelled yourself on or have looked at and thought that's kind of the, the way I would like to play? I'd have to say obviously David Silva for me and David I love David Silva when I was obviously I'm nowhere near David Silva but obviously you have a player who you love and he was probably it for me I love Man City even though he's younger people say like Glory Hunter and all that but I actually I did always support Man City so 
he was the one for me, David Silva, and then obviously Kevin De Bruyne went in. He's just amazing. And you can go to Messi and stuff as well, which is just different level. But I see David Silva was probably the one who I thought, well, I kind of want to be like you. I'm disappointed you're not saying Gary Harkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as a, as a first team player now, you're set, that's you, number 10 jersey. You're not going anyplace. Um, because you've came through the youth ranks and been for Dundee for, for so long, uh, do you feel a little bit of responsibility to help out like current youth players trying to break into the first team? Yeah, definitely. Like, you can. Obviously, I've just done it, so it proves that it is possible. And obviously, with me getting the number ten or whatever signing deal, like it adds more pressure, and I'm supposed to be more. I don't know how it's like. There's more people more reliant on me to perform and stuff, so there's more pressure there. But I don't mind that. That's why you play football. So, but I just want to be a good model for younger people to break through to a first team because there's a good opportunity for them to do that. And now we've got quite a young team at Dundee anyway, so don't see why a few more couldn't get added to that. Uh, speaking of the youth ranks, is there any players that uh, the fans should maybe keep an eye on who are up and coming? I know that we've got a few that started pre-season, maybe featured in the League Cup, but have been loaned out. So uh, we know of a few, but is there any, any ones that you feel um, Dundee fans should keep a wee special look out uh, for? No, no answer. That's a lot of pressure to put on me. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to single anyone out because it's a good group. So like, I don't want to be, oh, I him and then the other ones are. Yeah. You know, so I don't really want to single anyone out. It's a good group, so hopefully they can start coming through soon. The whole squad, just looking for the whole, the whole squad. squad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this year, we're back in the top flight. That means we're going to be back on FIFA. Are you going to be looking yeah. out for your, uh, your your stats on that or will there be players who maybe see their stats and will be annoyed in the dressing room because they feel like they should be 99 pace or 99 tackling? <laughs> Uh, I've not bought FIFA in a couple of years, but I'll admit I probably will buy it this year just to buy myself and I'll <laughs> stick myself on the bench or something, and then probably not even play it. But uh, I'm looking forward to being on FIFA, but I don't play much video games, so it she won't put me too, too up or down. But I'll probably buy it and be a bronze or something and chuck it after a week. <laughs> yeah, that's what I normally do. I buy it and then two weeks down the line, it's on eBay, get sell. <laughs> no, that's um, it. You get the FIFA rage too much, your control gets busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Just, oh, been there, just done get... that. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any player, past or present, that you would have loved to have played in the same team? And you kind of say David Silva. <laughs> well, what level are we talking? Because let's go I... with. <laughs> well, go with players in Dundee. Well, keep because it's Dundee. Oh. Keep it Dundee related, I guess. Dundee Football Club related or just Dundee as a city so I can't say any Dundee United players oh yeah you can't say that you can't say that <laughs> um, I never, I've never really watched too much football so like I don't like, I only watch really English football so I don't really know uh, you could say Charlie obviously Charlie Adam was brilliant but then again he'd shine over me so would you want to play with Charlie <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know to be fair I don't know how to answer that <laughs> oh, you're, you're definitely going to say you could say Greg Stewart or something because you give him the ball and let him do what he wanted oh man didn't I I'd love to see Greg Stewart back in a Dundee top one day <laughs> um, I guaranteed you're only going to say damn no day anyway after <laughs> your, your no, potential no, debut <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've mentioned about like no social media uh, no no alcohol either but it's, what other kind of sacrifices have you, you made to to get where you are now Name need... McDonald's, name KFCs, or <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. I'm not. I couldn't tell you the last time I eat takeaways. I never eat takeaways. I never eat that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of more a personal thing. You can't do it and get away with it. Like it's not going to make it. Some people can. Some people, I choose not to. Um, with the alcohol thing, I've just never done it. Everyone who I say I oh, don't drink alcohol to, they're a great idea and that keep doing that. So that must prove that there's something that's not so good about it so I've never really done that and then the social media thing obviously that was from experience getting abused so I figured stay off of that just use Instagram where only my mates can see what I'm doing and then uh, so now I just need I just kind of my whole life is football my whole but I used to my whole mood used to be evolved around football but nowadays I've kind of separated football and life like football's my job I just go to it and do what I can but don't let that impact the rest of my life too much I just try and do things that get me away from football so, but I'm very, you could, I do a lot of things. I 
keep my body right and stuff. So I'm ready for the weekend. Yeah, a better man than me because I touched the alcohol, <laughs> I touched the KFCs, McDonald's, and uh, <laughs> I'm 38 years old and I'm paying for it now. So <laughs> I'm doing it at the Garden Gym most nights trying right. to get rid of it. So um, <laughs> if there's any treadmills or machines that are broken that you come into the next day, didn't blame me. I probably was, <laughs> but didn't blame me. Let's <laughs> um, see, you've, you've played under many managers, coaches. Uh, is there anybody that's been... No, I'm not single anyone out, but is there anybody or any people that have been the most um, influential to yourself where you've uh, got to now? I'd uh, have to go back to Steve and Tony Murray, to be totally honest. Um, they were just, they changed everything for me. I just can't really thank them enough. Like, all we did at training, I was only 14 hours, was warm up, passing, small sided games. And Steve and Tony would always make it competitive. Like the winning team would get a Mars bar. Steve and Tony would buy them off their own money for the next Tuesday night session. So there's always a bit of competitiveness there. So I'd honestly just have to say them, like one for them, who knows what I'd be up to because I just wasn't enjoying football at all. So they changed a lot. And obviously the you've you've still a, a young player. You've got many years in front of you. Take it you want to be going on, you want to be like, you know, always play national team. And you know, going up and just playing against the best players, I take it that's the ambition of any player is to do that and you know, be in for cups, leagues, and everything. You know, always aiming to to go one better. Yeah, that's the goal, is it? To get a good move and play the highest level you can. I'm glad to be here just now and hopefully getting a lot of game time in the Premier League and then see where that takes me. But you always want to go as high as you can, push yourself as much as you can. So that's the goal eventually. But I'm not getting too ahead of myself. I just need to take it one game at a time and see where it takes me, to be honest. Well, I'll thank you very much for coming on, mate. It's, I really appreciate you taking the time out and, um, you know, just uh, have a great season. Uh, obviously biased saying that, just have a great season. Bang the goals in, set them up. Just do what you're doing with ease. Yeah. On you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure.